Shortly before the start of World War II, the German High Command began a secret investigation into the powers of the supernatural. Ancient legend told of a race of warriors who used neither weapons nor shields and whose superhuman power came from within the earth itself. As Germany prepared for war, the SS secretly enlisted a group of scientists to create an invincible soldier. It is known that the bodies of soldiers killed in battle were returned to a secret laboratory near Koblenz, where they were used in a variety of scientific experiments. It was rumored that toward the end of the war, Allied forces met German squads that fought without weapons, killing only with their bare hands. No one knows who they were or what became of them, but one thing is certain. Of all the SS units, there was only one that the Allies never captured a single member of. Ladies and gentlemen, you're about to witness some scenes from the next attraction to play this. This picture, truly one of the most unusual ever filmed, contains scenes which under no circumstances should be viewed by anyone with a heart condition or anyone who is easily abused. We urgently recommend that if you are such a person, or the parent of a young or impressionable child now in attendance, that you and the child leave the auditorium for the next... Features, a horror discussion from geeksoftheindustry.com, and now your host, Chunky Larry. Greetings, fellow insomniacs, and welcome to the final Creature Features of 2020. I am your host, my name is Chunky Larry. And in this episode, we part ways with an otherwise perplexing, with a otherwise perplexing film. Seems fitting. We're going to be talking about the 1977 film Shockwaves. I've got a lot of questions. Hopefully before all is said and done, I'll have a lot of answers. Or maybe you'll have a lot of answers. Maybe we won't figure anything out. 1977 shot. What do you say? I, you know, you got like 
40 minutes to kill. I'm not gonna stick around long. And uh, just, you know, because I should, I should preface this. The trigger warnings for this episode are people that have a disposition towards aquatic Nazis probably want to sit this one out. Uh, people that cannot stand shitty German accents not going to want a part of this. And, uh, you know, people that just flat out hate Peter Cushing, this ain't the one for you, dog. Uh, if you're none of those things, you're still ready to go. I'm ready to talk. So we're going to play this commercial and then we're going to get ready to review 1977's Shockwaves on the Creature Features podcast from geeksoftheindustry.com. Something unknown, something unforeseen, something unspeakable lives below, and it lives to destroy. They have risen. We created the perfect soldier from cheap hoodlums and thugs, in a good number of pathological murderers and sadists as well. We called them the Totem Corps, the Death Corps, creatures more horrible than any you can imagine. From beyond the dead, from beneath the living, from the depths of hell's ocean, everything they touch will die in the deep. Shock waves. Give me the flashlight. We'll be left with nothing but that oil lamp. You don't need it. I need all the help I can get out there. Now let me have it. the masters of shock, John Carradine and Peter Cushing. You are indeed very stupid. Now it is too late. Now the total horror has begun. Now there is no way out. Now the ocean becomes a graveyard. you run, the quicker you die. Because once they were almost human. Shockwaves. The deep end of horror. And now for the synopsis of Ken Wiederhorn's 1977 Shockwave. 
The tourists rose. Chuck, Norman, and his wife, Beverly, hire the boat captain, Ben Morris, and his crew. Pilot Keith and the cook, Dobbs, while navigating during the night. Keith crashes the ship, and the next morning they realize the vessel is stranded and Ben is missing. They go to a nearby island on a small boat, and they find Ben drowned. They find a derelict hotel, and soon they are not alone. A weird man asks them to go away. They are in danger. Later, he explains that he was an SS commander responsible for his powerful troop of Nazis. Zombie Nazis. Now, they are returning. And soon, the group will die. That was written by our friend Claudio Cavajo in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. I always like to use Claudio because whatever, for whatever reason, I'm not sure what it is, but uh, my man loves to give every single character name in his <laughs> in his synopsis, and and it's charming to me. Uh, this film was directed by Ken Wiederhorn, as I had mentioned kind of in the beginning. He is responsible for films like Meatballs 2, Return of the Living Dead 2, and seven episodes of Freddy's Nightmares. I tried to find out specifically which episodes that he did uh, to tell you whether or not they were any good, but I could not find that information. I was able to find the ones uh, that Tom McLaughlin did, and the one that Toby Hooper did, I don't know if I found the one that Mick Garris did. Uh, Robert England did, like, two of them as well. If you haven't watched Freddy's Nightmares, uh, go out of your way to try to find it. They sell bootlegs on the internet. It's a phenomenal show. And you should know that when I start talking about Freddy's Nightmares instead of the movie Shockwaves, where this conversation's gonna go. Um... <laughs> This this film uh, starred Brooke Adams, and uh, Brooke Adams was working as a waitress, doing bit parts in films and TV when she auditioned for the part of Rose. Uh, she went in with wearing the bikini and walked out with the job. Uh, she went on to work on films like Invasion of the Body Snatchers, The Dead Zone, The Stuff, and sometimes they come back. She later married an uh, actor... Uh, Tony Shalhoub in 1992 and appeared on his show Monk five times as different characters in each episode that she appeared in. And, uh, man, wow. I walked into this movie not knowing anything about it. I know that there's a lot of fanfare surrounding this film. And I just... I didn't get it. I not I not that I didn't get the movie. I don't get the love for the movie. And so I'll talk a little bit about the things that I thought were really good and the things that were just like Meh. and then the things that were just like this is stupid. And so let's start with the good. I really liked the cast of this film. I thought that Luke Halpin who was like at that point coming off of being like a big teen star on the show Flipper and did a lot of aquatic work apparently he worked on uh, I think Thunderball 
yeah, Thunderball, not not Never Say Never Again, and doing underwater stuff. And, and so he was proficient in water-based performances. And he has this real kind of natural charisma that exudes off of the screen, but it it's just for not. I would say that is true with all of the great performances, like Brooke Adams, I, I really, really fucking liked. And I, you know, I thought that the uh, John Carradine stuff was kind of, it was there. You know, it wasn't anything spectacular. He was just kind of there. Uh, but Peter Cushing, man, Peter Cushing was fucking rad in this movie. And, you know, I, like, you look at the body of work that Peter Cushing did kind of up to that point he you know was known and synonymous for horror films and you know playing these kind of real refined and dignified characters and actually I watched a uh, interview that Luke Halpin did and he was talking about you know John Carradine how fucking ratty was on the set and that none of that stuff was you know, like he was like, oh, we should have been filming that. That he was like reading, or basically doing like Shakespeare levels of performance off <laughs> off the set. And, you know, just when they, when they started filming it was just, you know, earning a paycheck. And I, you know, both Cushing and and uh, Carradine were both on the set for five days. If you're to believe IMDb, I I just I felt like there was there was potential for this to be good. It was, there was potential for this to be a really enjoyable film, and it just I don't know. It's lacking something, and I don't know if it's like. Because it's not necessarily the lack of gore. You can, you can still create tension without gore, but there are certain, certain expectations that you put in your mind when you hear the term Nazi zombies. Like, you know, I think, you know, Nazis are awful, but I also think that, you know, they're, they're great characters for villains and, Movies and especially horror movies, when you add the element of zombie Nazis, and and there's this whole subgenre of su zombie Nazi films, and I may get into in 2021, um, but I just you know, I I just felt real flat with with this this fucking film. Um, they did some really cool underwater stuff, like the the underwater shooting of the zombies and having the zombie walking around under the water. That was really fucking cool. And the scenes of the zombies coming out of the water visually just really fucking awesome. Let's see. Then things that are kind of meh. Uh, the violence. The violence is pretty fucking meh. The, the, it's also kind of in my what's bad about it thing. Uh, music's kind of forgettable. 
you know, so that that would fall in the mad category. I, I never once felt any kind of tension watching the film. You know, when I when I watch a horror film, I tend to try to uh, create the ambiance that's necessary for film consumption. And you know, I caught myself on several occasions tapping the screen to see how much time was left in the film where it just it drags and it and it doesn't really go anywhere and then when the violence does happen it's kind of anticlimactic violence the 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 scene where uh the cook falls in the water and lands on uh what are they called i'm not gonna i'm not a marine biologist i i could say what i could look it up and google it that's not good radio uh, I could, you know, look it up, cut this part out, and you would not be the wiser, but I'm still not going to do that, because it's just like, oh, the spiky things, yeah, there weren't there's little spiky balls <laughs> in the water that he falls on, and it's just like, oh, that's, that's a wrap for him, and anyway, so that was, that was a really cool death scene, but for the most part, the deaths just kind of sucked. It's just like, you know, the the guys are pulled into the water, and that's it, you know. And, and there's one where you see, uh, I think his name was Chuck. He was kind of an asshole. Uh, he's the one that shot off the uh, the flare gun into the room, and they were all locked in there, but he got claustrophobic. Which, again, it could have, like... It could have been done really, really fucking well, and they could have made the tension of being locked inside something, but it, it was done primarily with the dialogue, and dialogue's not super, super kick-ass, and he's not, uh, the actor who played Chuck wasn't the strongest of actors, he looked like, uh, like a Kmart James Caan, <laughs> who, who was supposed to be this kind of antagonistic character anyway. And you're, you're not supposed to like him. Like, like James Conn and Tom Jones, if they were to fuck and make an asshole, uh, it would be Chuck. <laughs> so, uh, you know, his death, like, it was just him struggling a little bit, like, like, like a little bit more. And then, uh, Beverly being in the, in the fish tank, I guess that was cool. But, you know, you, you just, you just find her in the fish tank. It was like, oh, um, but yeah, not a, not a lot of really cool deaths. And uh, for me, the the hands down, the be all end all worst part of this fucking movie is that the zombies don't feel threatening. They they never feel scary. And then the the, the way that you can defeat the zombies, which, which they do this really cool thing in the beginning of the film where they do this like uh, expository dialogue that explains this this ragtag team of you know super nazis that were super soldiers and they were the only ones that were never caught you know and i just i just in my mind i just imagine <laughs> mein Führer, i have done it what have you done i have mastered the zombie nazis <laughs> oh tell me more about this gertrude gertrude <laughs> 
Yes, they are undestroyable. They can go under the water. Oh, that sounds nice. We have submarines. Yes, yes. Are there any weak points of them? <laughs> well, you know, just a, just a little, little one. Oh, please do tell. Oh, well, if you, if you pull off the goggles, they become invalids and just fall to the ground. <laughs> that seems like a big problem. No, no, nobody will figure it out. And even if they do, they won't continue to do it. It'll be fine. Like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> like, <laughs> who the fuck does that? It's so stupid. Like, come on. Come on. <laughs> like, the, she, she, she pulls, Rose pulls the fucking goggles off of the Nazi and it falls over and fucking like starts withering and shit and twitching and shit. And, you know, that, that, it's like, okay, so, so what you're saying is we have to pull their goggles off and kind of, you know, keep a quick pace away from them and also stay out of the water. Got it. Like this did <laughs> just so stupid. Uh, a benefit of this film was the location. It's it's all one singular location, and it's it's this beautiful fucking hotel that's off in the middle of nowhere. And uh, it was actually a uh, Biltmore Hotel in Florida that was shut down and abandoned. And, uh, director Ken Wiederhorn spent $250 to rent it out and film it. And it's like, that is the best $250 they spent on this entire fucking film. And they had Peter Cushing in this movie. <laughs> like, like, like they spent money on this film, uh, on like Peter Cushing and, and, you know, uh, fucking, uh, what is it? John Carradine. They got the kid from Flipper, and they got this kick-ass hotel, and it's still just kind of a, a meh-ass movie. I, I, I want to say it's like a buck and change on the time, but it's a, it's a slow get-through. And there's, there's elements that are great, there's good performances, but all in all, this movie's kind of ass, and I, I just... I don't understand why it's so beloved and you know maybe if I had never seen a zombie film I would have enjoyed this but if I have to use that as a qualifier it's not good so uh let's get into reapers and then uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna have some talking to do to you guys uh, before we get on out of here. So please don't just click but now that you're hearing the Reapers. Uh, but I'm sure you can kind of guess where I'm landing Reaper-wise. I'm coming in with a one and a half. Uh, there's there's really good bones to this. But the overall execution is super duper flawed. I was unimpressed. And I hate the idea of introducing the survivor at the beginning as the only survivor. Because... It calculates exactly where this film is going, and, and every thing that you could do with the 
the cast that you would want to explore senses of danger immediately are thrown out of the window because you know this person survives and that's the only person you see so these other people are probably probably fucking dead um just underwhelmed one and a half for this one and uh so we're gonna start getting out of here but i i just want to before i you know say goodbye to you guys because this is the last episode of 2020 or the last original episode of 2020 i will be dropping some more flashback episodes i hope you guys are enjoying those i hope you give uh my new show just saying a chance they're they're like a half hour long and it's just me just kind of waxing philosophical about you know just bullshit just life things i think about when i'm by myself and you know i hope you enjoy that i hope you give it a chance i hope you're listening to the matinee episodes that i'm putting on the stream because those are very very near and dear to my heart um that will continue to be a thing i'm going to be releasing dirty mary crazy larry this sunday and uh i'm kind of contemplating which catastrophe flashback i'm gonna put up i'm kind of on the fence but i'm thinking that i'm going to uh, more than likely be doing uh kevin eastman the creator of the teenage ninja turtles so uh definitely look out for those uh this has been a weird fucking year there there's no other way to spin this this has been one for the books um you know if you're listening to this this may that means you've made it through uh this level of jumanji and more fun awaits us in 2021 and you know i just hope that if if you're here and you're listening to my voice that you understand that you guys listening to this show is just a cherry on top of a really fun Sunday where I have a an outlet to talk about the things that I love and sometimes the things that I hate and sometimes the things that I'm indifferent of. And sometimes I'm not going to say things that you like and sometimes I'm going to say things you absolutely love. But, you know, if you guys have stuck with me through thick and thin through the breaks that I've taken uh, the different iterations of the show and you're still here and you're still listening I just want to thank you um, you know the, the things that I personally would like to say is you know I would love to hear more interaction from you guys if this is something that you enjoy that I do you know the way that I know that is by you saying it to me so I, you know, just put that out there. You can do that in a couple of different ways. You could start by liking us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash creature pod by following us on Twitter and Instagram at creature pod. If you have a suggestion for something you want me to cover in 2021, um, I'm all for those. I kind of follow my own muse. I, I lead to the beat of my own drummer. Uh, something pops into my head and I just decide that's the way that I want to go, but if somebody specifically wants to hear me talk about something, that's that's fair game, too. Um, you know, I I think the, the thing that I want to say lastly about 
2020 because this is this is my this is my chance, right? This is this is my opportunity to weigh in on everything: the, the murder hornets, the, the COVID, the Tiger Kings, the skateboarding cholos, the the twisted ice teas, the all of it, all of all of the stupid things, the stimulus te- checks, and you know the the maskers and the anti-maskers and the vaxxers and the anti-vaxxers and the division and the divide and all of this shit that's been going on over the course of this year you know black lives matter antifa the chad you know there there's all of these things that have happened and to me it feels like this was the opportunity to reevaluate the way you look at everybody else but also reevaluate the way that you yourself look at things and, and look at yourself when you look in the mirror, you know, and, and I've, you know, been kind of vocal. I think in a way I've tried to be as kind and diplomatic as, as possible about it because, you know, I, I understand that not everybody looks at things the way that I do. And, you know, I, I give my opinions and hopefully, you know, it does somebody a bit of good. I would just, it does me good to get it off my chest. And, you know, what I learned out of this year is that the most important things are family. That the meetings that I stressed myself out about can be easily done via fucking Zoom. <laughs> and that, you know, life is very, very fleeting. And it, there's no guarantee how much time you get. So enjoy every minute of that time that you have on this earth because we don't know what happens when you leave this earth or this shell that you reside in currently. Your essence, your aura, your, your you. I don't know what happens when, when the lights go out and nobody's home. I don't know. I don't even know what happens when I sleep, which is why I'm an insomniac. I don't like it. And you guys are my fellow insomniacs, and I like you. Because you listen. And I hope that you guys are safe. That's going to do it for me. We're going to be back in the new year. We're going to do something that I want to do. Because nobody's telling me otherwise. Until somebody does, that's what I'm going to do. We're going to be talking about a John Carpenter film. Which is something that I love to do. And it's one that I haven't... Uh, visited in a while so that should be fun we are going to be talking about Prince of Darkness I figure it's fun a fun way to cleanse the palate of 2020 by ushering in the new year with the Prince of Darkness um, yeah I don't know if that's tempting fate or, <laughs> or what the deal is but uh, again I am going to do my little uh you know, New Year's resolution for the podcast. Uh, New Year's resolutions are bullshit to me, and you don't typically end up fulfilling them, but I'm going to try to fulfill this one. I'm going to try to do a director spotlight once a month in 2021. I'm going to try to continue to keep the show weekly in 2021. I'm going to try to bring back matinee in 2021 
I'm going to continue to do Just Saying in 2021. And here's the part where you guys come in. I am going to try to find other shows to put on this stream. So if you are trying to get your feet wet in podcasting, we're we're a nothing ragtag team of one guy. And I am always looking for people to uh, kind of give. <laughs> because all of this shit is free. All of this is passion and all of this is caring. Um, I just want to find other people to help share their passion with whatever audience I may have or may not have. Uh, so, you know, if you rock with me, tell people about the show, tell them that you enjoy what's going on. You know, tell me that you enjoy what's going on. Give me ideas on things you'd want me to do. Um, again, I'm constantly trying to improve this thing. I'm constantly trying to improve the sound quality. I know it's spotty and blotchy and shitty sometimes. And I apologize for that. It's a process. And I've been doing this for eight years, nine years. And I'm still figuring it out. But I'll always be honest with you. I'll always give my honest opinion. That's going to do it for us. So, for Peter Cushing for mm, zombie Nazis and for myself again my name is Chunky this has been another episode of the Creature Features Podcast on geeksoftheindustry.com Stitcher and Apple Podcasts I gotta get some more streaming services for the show uh, give me advice on how to do that listen with someone you trust I was never a Nazi, I was much too young. I was only so big, even smaller, even littler. And I never heard of that fella you said, what's his name? Arnold Hitler? Rudolf Hitler. <laughs> Rudolf Hitler, that knows Fuhrer. That's funny, I never heard of him. I was never a Nazi. I was just a kid Please do not blame me for all those things those bad guys did Papa had a real nice job by the Messer Schmitz Making popcorns and model airplane kits Mama had a dancing school She would introduce all the latest steps such as goose I was never a Nazi Let me make this clear I was at the Munich Beer Hall Putsch, but I just dropped in for a beer. He's dead. Don't you know? Most sincerely, I do not. It seemed like he was drowned. Then I'm afraid it is too late. Too late for what? For any of us. You are indeed very stupid. I gave you a chance to save yourselves, but you have refused to take it.
So be it. Now it is too late. Did you kill Dobbs? Yes, I killed him. And your captain too, perhaps. But not in the way you think. It was indirect. What the hell is that supposed to mean? You're not making any sense. If you will not be so impatient, maybe I will have the opportunity to tell you. We'll try and make it fast. We are not alone on this island. So those other two we saw are with you. Now, we Germans developed the perfect weapon, a soldier. He was capable of fighting under any conditions, adapting to any environment or climate, equally at home in the Russian winter or on the African desert. They were the most vicious and bloodthirsty of all the SS divisions. The group under my command was designed for the water, to man submarines which would never have to surface. This is nothing but a lot of double talk. We created the perfect soldier from cheap hoodlums and thugs, and a good number of pathological murderers and sadists as well. We called them the Totem Corps, the Death Corps, creatures more horrible than any you can imagine. Not dead, not alive, but somewhere in between. They were transported to any scene of battle and let loose. But problems arose, they could not be controlled. Their innate desire for violence made their behavior unpredictable and erratic. There were even incidents when they attacked their own soldiers. So they were withdrawn for further study. Then the war was drawing to an end. I was ordered to remove my group from possible capture. I took them to sea just before all our ports were closed. We roamed the oceans for many weeks, waiting orders which never came. The war was lost. Somewhere near to this island, I sent the ship and her cargo to the bottom. And here I have been ever since, in voluntary exile. That's the ship, the one out on the reef? And now she has returned. You mean to tell us these things have been underwater all these years? What kind of story is this? You gonna believe this stuff? You may believe what you wish. And what you do now is no longer any concern of mine. I want you to leave. If I see any of you at all, I will shoot on sight. I think that's pretty clear. 